I want you to listen to this scripture as I read it today. We're going to minister out of the third chapter of the book of John. John's disciples came to him and said, Teacher, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you said was the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody is going over there instead of coming here to us. John replied, God in heaven appoints each person's work. You yourselves know how plainly I told you that I am not the Messiah. I am here to prepare the way for him, that is all. He must, come on, read this with me. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. I am of the earth and my understanding is limited to the things of earth, but he has come from heaven. He tells us what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Those who believe him discover that God is true. Lord, we believe. Come on, we believe. Now, Father, we stand today in your presence. We're just ready for your word. Thank you for the life of your word today. Open our understanding to these in these next few moments to what you want to deposit, what you want to put inside of us. We're ready for it, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate and give him praise today. Lord, we believe. <laughs> May it not be said how, how few of us really believe him. Let it not be said. Let it be said that those who believe discover. Come on, they discover that God is true. God has a word in season today. God has a word in season. I, I spent the entire week studying and just pouring into a message that has been building. And then at the very last minute, the Lord just changed the direction. And I believe he does that because there are people here today who need to hear this specific word. You know, God gives us a word in season. And uh, it's in these passages that we have read together today, there's a great word for us. But in order to really get to it, I have to kind of give some backstory here. We need to look at a little bit of the background. And then we will dive into this. You ready? For a short period of time, the ministries of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ overlapped. This wasn't for very long. This was just for a short period of time. And in this season of time, when these ministries of Jesus and John the Baptist were overlapping, the Judean countryside was alive 
with the teaching of these two great preachers, alive with the preaching of repentance and the coming of God's kingdom. Both Jesus and John had disciples. And in this period where their ministries overlapped, large crowds followed them both. And both John and Jesus baptized. The only difference was that Christ's disciples did the baptism or the baptizing, not Jesus. Now in verse 25, it says, some of John's followers had an argument with another Jew about religious washing. Some of John's followers had an argument with another Jew about religious washing. We do not know the details of that conversation, but apparently this Jewish distractor was inquiring as to which baptism was superior. Was it John's or Jesus's baptism that was superior? The Living Bible picks up on this in verse 25. One day, someone began an argument with John's disciples, telling them that Jesus' baptism was best. Telling them that Jesus' baptism was best. Now follow me because it's important that you understand and get this the context of what's happening here. As a result of this Jewish individual telling them that Jesus' baptism was best, it brought confusion. It brought a lot of confusion to John's disciples. And this question put doubts in their mind in the disciples of John. And they then looked at all the crowds that were going to Jesus. They began to observe all the crowds that so many of the crowds were going to Jesus and they got worried. John's disciples got worried and they came to John. And it seemed that they were saying to John, if your baptism is the better, why is it that so many men are leaving you and going to Jesus? And the essence of what they were saying is, teacher, your star is sinking. This is the essence of what John's disciples are telling John. Loyal. These are loyal disciples of John. They follow John in his ministry and they're loyal and they're saying to him, teacher, it seems they're saying, and the implication is your ministry is diminishing. What are we going to do? Now you have to understand something. John's disciples were not committed to Christ. You need to hear this. John's disciples were not committed to Christ. They were, they were loyal to John. Their only interest at this point is John's success. Jesus has just come onto the scene. He's just now beginning his ministry. And John's disciples are upset because it appears all the crowds are going to Jesus. And they've given everything to John. They've followed him for so long. 
They're disappointed. They're really disappointed. For they've seen John's ministry reach such heights. And their resentment is growing over the apparent success that Jesus is having. And the implication seems to be that they were not going to allow John to take a back seat to anyone else. Now I want you to get this. And get this, understand this. It was all a very human reaction on the part of John's disciples. And it, it actually presented a temptation to John himself. This was a human reaction. Everybody is going to Jesus. This is a, an emotional exaggeration. No, John is continuing his ministry of baptism. Not all were going to Jesus. But they're in an, they're in a, an emotional moment and, and, and this argument ensues with this Jewish individual and, and there's the, all this discussion of whose baptism is better and, and the disciples of John are really put out and they're struggling and they're seeing John's ministry. They're watching, you know, what, what's happening and <laughs> they're really having some some challenges here, and they're reacting. It's, it's a human reaction on the part of these disciples of John, and John himself is, is being presented he, with a temptation. You know, he had spent many years of loneliness and self-denial in the wilderness, no doubt experiencing rejection and being alienated from his, from his culture. And now he's seeing his success suddenly fade away. It's fading away. And it would have been easy for John the Baptist to yield to the natural impulse to assert himself and to get things moving again. But he didn't. And he has valuable lessons to teach us. He, he held firm. He stated in verse 28, you yourselves, he's talking to his disciples who are, who are struggling, who are upset. He says, you know yourselves how plainly I told you that I am not the Messiah. I am here to prepare the way for him. That is all. Watcha. I've told you so clearly before. Listen up, guys. I've told you. It, just as plain as I know how, I am not the Messiah. I'm here to prepare the way for him. That is all. Then in verse 33, those who believe him discover that God is true. Those who believe him discover that God is true. Today, I want to minister on this subject, discoveries to stay the course discoveries to stay the course. John the Baptist was relegated one responsibility by God. And that is, and that was to go before Christ, to be his forerunner. His role was to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. And he did this by telling those who came to him to repent that the kingdom of God is near. 
he began to he began to decree very clearly I am not the one I'm here to I've come to prepare the way for him and he went forth preaching repentance for people's hearts to be turned toward God in preparation for the coming Messiah that was his one responsibility and he was faithful in his calling he he pointed out Christ as the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. When he baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, he was faithful to his, to his task, and he pointed him out clearly. He said, this is the one. I'm not even worthy. I'm not even worthy to bend down and, and tie his shoelaces. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just the voice of a, a, a crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. He was so faithful in his calling and now he has seen Jesus enter his public life of ministry. It's all, he's, he's, he's walked faithfully to this point and now Jesus is entering. He's just in the beginning stages of his three and a half years of his public ministry and life. And now at this most crucial moment, John is having to face his disciples who are jealous. John is having to face his disciples who are envious. And and it's displayed in their statement that everyone is flocking to Jesus. Everybody is going toward Jesus. And they're they're just consumed with this jealousy and this envy. You can can hear them in in their words. You can hear it. They're at a crossroads, actually. They're at a crossroads. You can hear them say, what's the use? Why carry on? We're, we're, we're not doing anything in comparison to them. We're not doing anything in comparison to what's happening with those guys down the river. We're just, we're just, everything's just fading away and diminishing. But John's response in verse 27 is the first discovery we're going to make to stay the course as John did. In the face of this pressure, in the face of this situation, we're going to learn something. And this is so important because I really believe the Spirit of the Lord just ministered to my heart that there are people here today, you have been at the crossroads and now you're moving in the direction that you believe God has led you. You are, you are moving in that direction and yet you're being challenged to press on. You're being challenged to stay the course. There are some here who are really wondering, did I, did I make the right decision at this crossroads? By the things that are around me, things aren't happening or things are, are not as I anticipated they would be and 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 God has a word here God wants to uh, you to make a discovery today in the name of Jesus and is found in verse 27 of John this is the this is the response and gives us the first discovery that we're going to talk about for a few moments to stay the course John replied God in heaven appoints each person's work God in heaven appoints 
each person's work. Come on, God is in control. Another version, the English Standard Version says, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. Read that with me, that last verse. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. To stay the course, number one, discover godly principles for your purpose to prevail. Discover godly principles for your purpose to prevail. God has a purpose right where you are today. Right what you're dealing with and facing, God has a purpose. And we believe that purpose will prevail in Jesus' name. But there are some principles that we need to grasp, and we're going to look at one today. You see, John stood before his disheartened disciples. John stood before his angry disciples, and he quietly answered their resentful assertions with a principle. And this is a principle that every child of God needs to discover. What John said in verse 27, when he replied, God in heaven appoints each person's work. Every one of us as believers need to make this discovery today. We need to, we need to discover this principle that's contained in these words of John. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. Now, before we look at this principle, I want you to hear, really hear what I'm about to say. I want you to get this right here. Human societies, for the most part, are so competitive that we can easily feel compelled to measure our achievements against those of others. Human societies, for the most part, are so competitive that we can easily feel driven, compelled to measure our achievements, our achievements against those of others. And church, when we do, we can find ourselves confused like John's disciples, particularly in the area of purpose. And this is where we're going to focus on for the next little while right here because this, I believe, is where we need to make a discovery, where we need some things to, to come to our understanding right here. If you're in this situation, you've gone through the crossroads, you, you, you believe God has directed you and you're moving, but now you're seeing situations around you and now questions are arising and you're really struggling perhaps with purpose and, and, and you're, you're just at that point where you need, you need some intervention. Listen up, God has something for you today. I believe all confusion is going to vanish in the name of Jesus. And I believe that God by his spirit is going to bring some understanding and some clarity to us. Here's the principle every believer has to discover. I believe must discover, and it's this. If an individual is having greater success than I am or has gifts 
superior to mine, it is because God has given those to him or her. If an individual is having greater success than I am or has gifts superior to mine, it is because God has given those to him or to her. Church, this is the proper principle to evaluate the successes of others because I really sense in my heart there are those who have, through the crossroads, you've chosen, you moved, you feel God is leading you, God is directing you, but others around you are being so more, they're more greatly blessed than you. Their answers are coming more quickly. You're in that situation where you need you need to see a breakthrough come in your own life and everybody else seems to be encountering one. Anybody here today? Anybody understanding what I'm saying today? And this is a principle that I want us to discover. This is a principle that I believe God wants us to lay hold of. In the evaluation of others' success, because sometimes when other people are richly blessed after we've done all that we know to do and we're seeking to follow the ways of God and somebody else just calls out to heaven and immediately God answers them, we can find ourselves in such turmoil like John's disciples. Everybody is, everybody's being blessed. Everybody's just going their way and seeing God open the way for them. But we, what's going on? What's happening? What's, what's not happening? And if I, if I don't understand this principle, I can easily lose focus of my purpose. And, and I can derail. Let's break this down a little bit further. For example, someone may have less education than I have, or they may have less experience than I have, but yet they are prospering in a greater measure than I am. Someone can have less, it appears they have less than I have, less to offer than me, and yet everything they touch is blessed and they're, they're, they're being promoted and they're, they have a nicer home than I have, a larger and happier family than I have. or or they have prestige. But the scripture says, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. When I understand this, it gives me the right perspective and it enables me to evaluate my own success in a proper way. Here's here's another example. As human beings, we have the tendency to play down the successes of others and to lift up our own. If someone is doing well, we think it's because they have a rich uncle. You know, if someone is doing well, it's because they were raised with a silver spoon in their mouth or they were at the right place at the right time. But if we happen to be successful, it's because of our intelligence. It's because of our hard work. It's because of our prowess or simply we prayed more than they did. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, listen to this from the Living Bible, what are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you are so great? And though you have accomplished something on your own. The Message Bible says it this way. For who do you know that really knows you, knows your heart? And even if they did, is there anything they would discover in you that you could take credit for? Isn't everything you have and everything you are sheer gifts from God? So what's the point of all this comparing and competing? Come on, God is in control. God is setting in order, your ste- ordering your steps. Let's not allow, oh, let's finish the verse. You already have all you need. Look at this. You already have more access to God than you can handle. Come on, give him praise and give him glory today, somebody. Come on, we're going to stay the course. John the Baptist understood that God was the one giving the gifts. This is a powerful principle to discover in your life. It will keep you center line. It will keep you in staying the course for what God has already prepared for you. We are so guilty of comparison. We compare ourselves to others so much. And we're so guilty of competing with others. But God is the one who gives the gifts. This is why John could handle becoming lesser. This is why John could say he must increase, I must decrease. This is why John could keep himself on track. He he was free to serve with no hint of rivalry. He was free to serve and to, to fulfill what God had sent him to do to, to fulfill his purpose, the purpose in, as the forerunner of Christ with no jealousy, no insecurity, no bitterness in his life because he understands, he understood that it was God who gave the gifts. Though John and Jesus were only a few kilometers apart in their ministries and Jesus was having much larger crowds come to him than John And greater things were being done and being said about Jesus and his ministry. John stayed the course. John fulfilled God's purpose for his life. John was able to, of whom Jesus said there was no greater prophet than John. And this is the reason, because John understood. John had that focus What a great lesson. What a great principle for us to discover so that we can stay the course. Perhaps today you're here and do you feel outdone? Maybe eclipsed by someone else? Has someone come into your life who is obviously more gifted or more effective? Someone you're finding it difficult to accept? Just remember this, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given him from heaven. Discover this principle today in the name of Jesus. 
and let it operate in your life. You know, when you've discovered it, it begins to operate in your life. You can actually celebrate that person for what God has deposited in them. You can actually celebrate and rejoice with them in their provision. Rejoice with them in what God has done for them. The way He is leading them. The way He is blessing them. Because God is faithful, everybody. God is in control. Come on, this is our year of discovery. We're going to stay the course. We're going to fulfill our purpose in our place of what God has determined for us to do, but first to be. We're going to discover what He wants us to be. Not comparing ourselves to others. Not finding ourselves feeling lesser than others. We're... We're, 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 we're at that place where God and our understanding and we're making that discovery that God is in control. And whatever He ch- chooses to impart into my life and the gifts that He gives me, I say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I, may I be a faithful steward of everything you have poured into my life. May I live my life for your honor and for your glory. You see, this is what produces security in us as believers. This is what produces joy in our serving. Amen. When we know that it's all of God, however God blesses others and directs them and anoints them and provides for them and uses them, it's all the work of the Lord. He is our God. He is faithful. Come on. It produces humility and freedom in our lives. And today, God wants to set you free. You say, Pastor, today, I, I, I want this word is mine. This is, this is the word of the Lord for me today. And I want to make that discovery. I want to live my life by that principle that, that it's God who has given everything to me and to others as well. And God, I, I really want you to, I want you to impart that into my life afresh today and anew today. Come on, hands up in this house. Maybe you're here and you're really struggling to accept someone because you feel overshadowed by them or you feel they've got so much more to offer than you. You, 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 you may be here today and really struggling with someone that's in the another member of the body of Christ that it's just somehow you, you feel eclipsed. You feel outdone by them. And God wants to just really minister to you today. He loves you with an everlasting love. He has a plan and a purpose that is created specifically and uniquely to you and for you. Come on, hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus. We are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. We are your people. We are your church. We are chosen by you. You have placed us and put us exactly where you desire us and designed us to be. And God, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that we're part of your great family. We want to thank you, Father, that, Lord, as as you have been so faithful again and again in our lives, Lord, we recognize that it's only by your doings, it's only by what you have imparted into us and into our lives and into our hearts, oh God, that we stand today blessed of you. We love you and we honor you. Thank you for everyone that you've connected us to. God, we want to thank you that we 
are confident in him who has chosen us. And today we thank you that we lay hold of this principle that is, it is you, the good giver of gifts and of life. And we thank you and praise you and honor you today. Lord, forgive us for comparison. Forgive us, Lord, for looking out at others and finding ourselves inhibited or intimidated. And Lord, we thank you that we have been created uniquely, each one of us. You've, you've, you have a unique plan and purpose for our lives. And Lord, we stand against the lie of the enemy that would try to take us out. God, we pray for those that you have blessed uh, around us. We, we thank you for the blessings, oh God. We thank you for their advancement. We thank you, Father, for what you are doing, oh God. And help us to live by this principle each and every day. Help us to move together as your family, as your people. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. I feel freedom in the house today. We're staying the course, church. Everybody, let's have an amazing week. Let's go our ways. Come on, staying the course, continuing to make those discoveries. God bless you. Have a great week.